Welcome to Family Owned, a legacy leadership podcast exploring generational leadership success for family businesses. Brought to you by the Ole Miss Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. If you're ready to take your family owned business to new and perpetual heights, stay tuned to hear compelling insight from experienced business leaders who will help you set your business up for generational advancement. Whether you want to go public, stay private, or make international inroads. Now, keep listening for how to leave an enduring legacy through exceptional leadership. Today, we are very fortunate to have a uh, father and daughter team from Ergon, uh, Lee Lampton and Amy Walker, and I'm going to let them explain their titles here shortly. Uh, but we're really excited to have them here. Primarily, uh, as we know, this is a Mississippi family business. And by the way, I'm Dr. Clay Dibrell, Professor of Management and Entrepreneurship and also the Co-Director of Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. You can tell I'm a little excited about this interview because I forgot to introduce myself. With that said, though, we're really excited to have Lee and Amy with us today and have talk a bit more about this, uh, the family dynamic, per se, of father and daughter. So, uh, Lee, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the history of Ergon and how the family is integrated with Ergon? Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here with my daughter. Hopefully, we'll give you some insight into what make Ergon what makes Ergon the company is today. Uh, my father was a very dynamic person. Uh, came out of the Depression generation, which a lot of co- private health companies and their stories were created at that point. My father was born in Memphis, Tennessee, in 1925. Unfortunately, soon after his birth, his parents were killed in an automobile accident, and there was no extended family to uh, take him in, so he was put in an orphanage there in Memphis. Uh, Shortly thereafter, a couple out of Kosciuszko um, adopted him. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, it was toward the end of the Depression that family fell on hard times, so my father was put back into an orphanage in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Fortunately for him, an older couple who could not have children adopted him, Mr. Leslie B. Lampton, Mr. and Mrs. Leslie B. Lampton Sr., and Mr. Lampton gave him his name. Uh, my father was early age, was uh, educated elementary there in uh, Jackson, in elementary school. Uh, unfortunately, his, father, his mother uh, had some issues with health, and they were forced to put him in a, a boarding school, St. Stanislaus, in uh, uh, past Christiane. And he stayed there till the junior high. Uh, he came back to Jackson, went to to a local uh, Bailey Junior High School there, and then uh, to uh, Central High School. Um, unfortunately, his mother died while he was in high school. I think he was around 16 years old. His father uh, was not able to, to take care of the needs he had, so they chose to send him to... Um, a Marion military school in um, uh, uh, Alabama his senior year. Uh, upon graduation, he went joined the Navy, just like most of those men at that age, and was shipped off to the South Pacific, Iwo Jima. Um, we, when the war was over with, he came back, uh, went to Ole Miss, and basically uh, got his uh, business degree there, and soon after married my mother, the best decision he ever made. And uh, he went to work as a tire salesman for 555 and managed a small store in Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, a year later, uh, with my mother being pregnant with my uh, the oldest brother, 
uh, Leslie. Uh, they moved to Jackson. He became assistant store manager for the Tire 55 store there here in Jackson. Uh, unfortunately, the Korean crisis uh, came about, and uh, they were shipped off with the brand-new baby to Key West, Florida, where he went back into the Navy, uh, was stationed there for about a year and a half, and that's when I was born. Uh, he came back uh, from uh, the um, uh, when he was released from the Navy and actually went back to work as store manager for that uh, 555 store there in Jackson and uh, just had a burning desire to go and set business for himself. And a year later, after he had saved enough money to support his family for a year, he uh, started a, a, a field jobbership, uh, which at that time was named Lampton Oil Company and is now the Ergon Company that we have today. What year was that, Dad? That was 1954, May. So, Lee, why did he get into that business versus something else, like the tire business? Well, I think I think what what interests him in in selling tires to his customers, a lot of his customers were uh, contractors. Uh, uh, this particular contractor, there were two that actually helped him get into business. They were building uh, Highway 51 north and south of Jackson, and my father approached them, told them they were going to business, and what uh, he would provide for them was a service. Uh, that's basically what Ergon's foundation has been based on. And the service was at the end of each day, uh, uh, he agreed to go out and service the, the vehicles, the tractors and the bulldozers with a diesel fuel lubricants so that when they came back to work the next day, that was something they didn't have to do. So it created some efficiency. So that was kind of his focus. And uh, as we go forward, if I went through the story you'd find a lot of different companies that Ergon is made up of. And we'll talk about that uh, as we go through the, um, the uh, interview. Uh, Amy, did you have a chance to uh, know your grandfather very well? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Um, he died in 2018, and my grandmother actually died uh, 10 days later. So we always joke that she was always taking care of him. And where her physical health wasn't great, um, she died after him, and we, we joked that she knew she always had to stay around and wash his clothes and clean up after him. And so she, um, you know, probably died of a broken heart because they'd been married almost 75 years. Is that right, Dad? Yep, yep, long time. And so, um, but, you know, something that was real interesting that I, I would love to share with any families that have multi-generations in a business um, at the time, some of my cousins were younger and in college, and I, that was back in my young days, probably about 15 years ago. We sat down with them and had a videographer come in, and we just asked them questions like, you know, what what made you want to start Argonne? Why did you start it? Grandma shared some of her information and insight, and a lot of their Christian beliefs on, on why um, they were who they were and um made what they made and so I would share with any family it's it's very neat because we're able to use that in some of our presentations but it's also neat to have it in order to share with the future generations exactly who they were and why they did what they did but I was um they died about five years ago so I was in my late 30s um my youngest or my oldest child was actually 
12 and my youngest child, our, my youngest child was about five. So it was real neat too, because I still got to see some of their grandkids or great grandkids. Um, now we're actually fixing to have our 20th great grandkids. So they didn't get to see them all, but it, it was really neat because they still talk about some of the things that he instilled in all of us and um, who he was and why he created Argonne. It wasn't about the money. It was about um, the people and his employees. His employees were his family. And um, that's really resonated with us as we've um, led to the future generations. If that's I could add to that, if I could add to that, um, my father and mother were devout Christians. Uh, mother, Daddy was Catholic and mother was Presbyterian. And uh, as far as the second, third generation, uh, if we went to church and uh, we could go eat as a family with my parents and they would pay for it. Uh, the only side deal was that when they got there, the children had to tell my father what the sermon was all about. So from the beginning, you can see that my father was very intense and somewhat paid a price because basically I know our sh family showed up every Sunday because it was a free meal. Oh, I love it. Well, I mean, we're, we're lucky too because we, we would go eat at River Hills and I think he must have made some capital contributions because there's no way a family as wild as we were hanging from the trees and that they would still let a renegade family in a country club in Jackson. So he, he must have had to put some side money in order to Still let the family every single Sunday. Many, many, many years. We had our own table over there in the corner, so we could get away from the other customers. So it was yeah. unique, and that—that's a culture. I think a family culture that it's harder to to create as the family gets bigger. But it was very important for them, and I think it was really the important part of uh, giving the third generation an idea of what my parents believed and how they felt like we should live as a family. Family-owned businesses account for 64% of the U.S. gross domestic product, generate 62% of the country's employment, and account for 78% of all new job creation. For more information on becoming a part of the Legacy Leadership Program, visit our website at olemiss.edu slash CIE. The Legacy Leadership Podcast is sponsored by the Ergon Foundation, Do Good Work, and the CELO Agency, Creative Vision, the ability to see what is and what can be. We are here today once again with uh, Lee Lampton and Amy Walker uh, from Ergon, and we're talking right now about the family origins of Ergon. And so in uh, the, the remaining time that we have here, I do want to pass this out because we're uh, talking about the, the father, uh, for that of Lee's father. But explain to me a little bit about the benevolent dictator. I heard you use that term a few times, and as someone who does family business research, I really appreciate the benevolent dictator idea well uh, i think uh i forgot which brother gave him that name but we were so unique as a company because my father's desire from the very beginning was for his children to be a part of his dream and building the company that we have today uh, a little bit different than other companies my father was very keen on what we call diversification and synergism or we call it legs under the table not just to have one company, but to provide uh, a service that uh, takes care of the customer from start to finish. Um, 
I happen to be were brought up in the uh, uh, marine transportation, a bunch, uh, eventually into the refinery segment of our business. Uh, my older brother Leslie was more involved in marketing of our specialty leaves and some of the startup companies that he was really good at, at doing. Uh, my brother Bill really came up through our asphalt and had a lot to, to deal with that business segment. And then Robert, the youngest, basically involved more so in the um, supply and distribution of the different companies that make up the Ergon family. Uh, I, I guess to compare it to something like uh, grain silos, there were four that he built, my silo, Leslie's silo, Bill's silo, Robert's silo. And if you know anything about farm silos, it's the person at the header that determines how much grain goes in each of those silos. My father knew our gifts, our God-given gifts, and basically directed us into those particular silos with the intent that it was really not our responsibility to look at the other silo and try to find out what my brother was doing or not doing, or brothers, that he basically said, you are accountable for what you have and you report directly to me. And so I guess that was the intent up until his death. We really had our own silos and we really didn't have to interact with each other directly. That was his responsibility. So. Needless to say, we gave him the name, the Benevolent Dictator. I love it. And also, uh, Wait. go ahead, Amy, please. Why, why don't you tell them a little bit, too, Dad, about your analogy that um, you share on the Jerry Jones. That's a pretty good analogy that really resonates in a family business. Now, what was that? What what you cut out on me? The Jerry Jones, you know, he, he started off on the field being the player and then he was the coach. Then he was supposed oh, to be in the owner's no, no. box, but occasionally you'd, you'd hear him talking to business leaders. Well, I'll say this. You're going ahead of me, but that's fine. I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, by, by, uh, what she's talking about is that, um, needless to say, uh, when we made the transition between the uh, uh, second and third generation, I, it was kind of like my father, Um we decided I decided to put Amy on the board and uh, the brothers really weren't pleased with because I was the first to do it. But I thought it was about three years ago. I thought it was time for her to see more than just her particular area because she was brought up in our asphalt segments under my younger brother, Bill. And I felt like while I was still capable that I really wanted her to be exposed to the company as a whole. So he, she was kind of brought up into a silo and this gave her the opportunity to get out of it. But when I was leaving the office after it was announced, the lady at the front desk uh, basically um, asked the question, uh, are you going to come back? And I said, Glenda, I said, I'm going to be like my father. He was here on a Monday and gone on a Friday. And I said, the only reason you won't see him and you won't see me is because we've got six feet of dirt on top of us. And then she said, well, Lee, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'll be here every day. But it's kind of like a, uh, a uh, football, playing football. I played, I coached. I've been in the back office. I've been on the board. Now I'm a good stadium quarterback. And so my point in saying that is, to a certain extent, the, the third generation, second generation kind of took on some of that same culture. And I felt like it was time to start delegating a lot, a little of that responsibility that I had gained where I could help her do that process. And I said, 
to Glenda. I said, but one thing about it is I control that board seat. And if she doesn't listen to me, she's out next time we elect the board of directors. Is that oh, kind of what you were saying, Amy? Yeah, and, and the, the part that, you know, that I was referencing in the beginning was where y'all kind of equate him to Jerry Jones. You know, he, he got put in owner's box, but sometimes you'd see him down on the field trying to, you know, for the plays to the quarterbacks. And, and sometimes it was difficult with a benevolent dictator and all that he created and the time that he poured into it that he couldn't be down with the business leaders, you know, trying to find out what this group was doing in this one. He, he needed to view it more as a whole. But, you know, everybody still, as you get older, has a little bit of the benevolent dictator. You know, the transition on the board has been great. My uncles have been um, very supportive once we embraced it and took it on. Um, there, there have been a few speed bumps where he probably wanted to come down and say, I'm pulling that board seat from you. Uh, you know, but, I mean, that's just part of learning. You know, the, the nothing from it is my dad's you know, 70 and he still has a great memory and can coach me or guide me on maybe directions that he didn't have that benefit from his dad because his dad was a benevolent dictator. So, you know, and all that to say, it's very hard to let control as you get older, but there's some great things that can be learned from it because you're able to coach the next generation and guide them on maybe some, why some of the decisions were made that were made. Excellent. And we're going to come back to this because uh, we're wrapping up here. Our, the first part of our uh, multi-part uh, podcast this is uh, wrapping up the first podcast here. And as a long-suffering Cowboys fan, I appreciate the Jerry Jones analogy. So thank you for <laughs> listening to this edition of the Legacy Leadership Family-Owned Podcast, exploring family businesses in the South. Thank you and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this edition of Family-Owned, a Legacy Leadership Podcast exploring family businesses who make up the backbone of the American economy. Join us next time to gain invaluable insight into your family business and how to make generational advancements for your family, industry, and community.